Make sure to follow the podcast. Subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Rate. Spread through word of mouth. Your friends, family, whoever. You know, likes to talk about sports. And, yeah, just do your thing. Support me. Continue to support me because without y'all, I wouldn't be doing this. So, yeah, thank you for the support that I've gotten so far. There's a lot going on in the world, in the political sphere, in, in the sports world, and just everything in general altogether. And I just, I don't want to cover that just yet. I just want to see how things unfold. Um, but for right now, I just want to focus on the NBA Finals because I'm also short on time. So that's what we'll primarily be talking about in this podcast. So let's get right into it. We weren't able to get another Celtics-Lakers finals because the Celtics blew it. And I don't think I could trust them in crunch time. But there's obviously a lot that we can take away from the Eastern Conference finals on the side of the Celtics. I've talked a lot about the Heat, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do from the defending, the zone defense that the the Celtics seemed terribly unequipped to even deal with. And they just seemed so lost at some points. And to the scoring from their role players like Tyler Hero, Drogic, and and Duncan Robinson, who provided them really good points down the stretch. And Bam Adebayo, who really put the bow on top of everything when he finished off the series in Game 6. Being able to see these things for the Heat is it's something I've been forecasting all throughout the podcast, but all throughout this series of talking about um, the the playoffs and predicting what would happen. But... Seeing what the Celtics have been able to do is a whole different story. For the Celtics, it's players like Kemba, it's players like Tice, and it's players like even Tatum, who throughout the the duration of the series just weren't doing what they needed to do in order to position themselves to get past the Heat and finish the games off. The Heat are very very passionate and they they have something that I don't think a lot of teams can can mimic in terms of the cohesiveness in terms of being able to stay in games despite being uh, facing large deficits the Celtics just sort of get these mental lapses and they'll go on stretches of poor offense and a lot of it can be contributed to the fact that Tatum and, and Kemba were we're having having bad stretches, and Tatum in particular being the best scorer on the team, having quarters where he scored no points. For example, the first quarter of the final two elimination games, Tatum totaled is an astounding three points. The first quarter of game five and six, he totaled three points as the best leading scorer on the team. It's like it's things like this that that concern me and it a lot of what I was talking about in the last podcast I saw from the crazy like fadeaway shots from the Kobe-esque um moving jumpers to the contested threes that uh Tatum seemed so inclined to settle for um uh, it was hurting the team in the long run and keep in mind he has the potential to be a great scorer but he's not there at that point where he's able to take these crazy um, fadeaway shots, moving shots, contested shots. 
Um, he's only 22. He has a long way to go. Um, but he needs to recognize he's better when he's more patient. He's better. The whole offense is better when they're more patient and when they're picking their shots very carefully. So keeping that in mind, like Tatum, he has a long way to go, but he's just not there yet. On the other hand, we have a point guard by the name of Cardio Kemba. Uh, Kemba Walker has not only let Boston down in late in the series against Toronto, um, only hitting very crucial shots at the end of games um, to to veil the fact that he had played terribly in the beginning of mostly every game in Toronto. Now he's doing, in this past series, in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was doing uh, similar things, except now he was his his inability to defend has been a more, more glaring issue. He, he didn't really get that many minutes on the court because he was a defensive liability. And on top of that, he wasn't doing well hitting open shots. Um... And even just shots in general, um, while while the while he was on the court, on offense, and I understand on paper he did average nineteen points, but what do these points actually mean when you really look back and examine the fact that the Celtics spent a lot a majority of their time throughout the series, a good portion of the time throughout the series, leading or, or, just dominating the Heat. And they just couldn't finish games. A lot of this has to do with the fact that Kemba just can't hit shots when it matters. So you could score a lot of points. But what matters is the timeliness of these buckets going down. If you're if you're scoring a lot of points in, in garbage time or scoring a lot of points when you're running up a score on a team that's playing very poorly, that's great. But can you keep that, maintain that lead? Can you, in the event that you go down, regain that lead and score again? And can you finish games? These are problems that the Celtics have been having. And, and these are problems that I feel like will persist as long as guys like Tatum and Kemba don't show up all throughout everything. Tatum is the best scorer on the team. Marcus Smart is the moral energy guy on the team. And then Kemba Walker is the veteran. Yet nobody really stood up and standed out as the total leader and, and the guy who sort of put everything on his back and took the responsibility in terms of keeping everybody's heads up, in terms of keeping everybody together and keeping everyone in the same headspace. And they were just lacking in that sense of cohesiveness. But there is a team here that is really, really good if all the everything is going and we saw that in game five if everyone is scoring consistently and if everyone is able to find their shot and if everyone can also attack the basket and do what they can do as individuals things can get going and but it's just all the they were out coached outplayed and they had more that he had more energy altogether and i could have a conversation about brad stevens falling short uh, to Eric Spolcher as a coach. I can talk about the lack of depth at the front court. I could talk about the fact that on the bench, we don't have much to go around in terms of scores. But these are all things that will come with time. This is a team that is really young, and this is a team that has 
um, a really competent GM in the front office. So I have faith in the fact that, you know, they could put something together or at least work with what they have in the near future. Uh, with that being said, I really do believe that Hayward should be traded in the near future. We're paying him way too much to sit on the bench. And while he does give valuable points, he is not a $30 million a year player on a team like this. When you get a contract like that and your most of your value comes from the fact that you're playing on the bench and you play almost much better on the bench than you do as a starter, that's really concerning. Um, so I'm I'm curious what they're planning on doing with Hayward in the future, but I feel like uh, I, I can see him being packaged in a, in a trade deal in the near future, hopefully during the draft, and we'll see what, what happens then. But I will give credit where credit is due, and guys like Jalen Brown and guys like Marcus Smart really did show up. Marcus Smart was has improved as a two-way player. He's been hitting shots. He's been really, really providing energy when the team really needed it. And Jalen Brown as well has improved as a shooter and as a two-way player. And he averaged over 22 points on really good splits. So with that being said, like this team has a long way to go, but they're not. They're also simultaneously not really far from being a finals team and from being a finals team that can win the finals rather than just appear in the finals just like the the heat are right now so congratulations to the heat on making the finals they really showed up when the celtics didn't and that's the fact of the matter right now and the best team from the east is in the finals right now and if you told me five months ago that Heat would be the best team in the east i really wouldn't believe you but they every with everything that's happened and with everything of how their team operates and what I've seen from them in the bubble alone, this team is really, really good. And guys like Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley deserve all the credit for keeping a team that has been in purgatory for ever since Dwayne Wade has left and, and turning them around to a, a finals team, a team that has no superstar. Keep that in mind. Jimmy Butler is not a superstar. Bam Adebayo is not a super, superstar. None of them are superstars. They're all, they're all. It's it's an amalgamation of really good fringe star players and all stars who are really work really well together. And this, keep in mind, this is a team that has always been in the 40-50 win area ever since Dwayne Wade started declining and LeBron James left and the big big three split up. And they've never really had a lottery pick, but they've always been in the playoff conversation. And they've always maintained um, a good flow of quality players. Um, barring a few uh, bad contracts that they've signed, they've been they've rel- lasted relatively long in a conference that has um, been quite p- competitive. Despite the fact that, in comparison to the w- to the West, it's um, pretty pretty docile. So shout out to Eric Spolstra, shout out to Pat Riley, shout out to Heat Management because in three years y'all turned around a really fringe playoff team in the East to a finals contender, to a team that is very well capable of winning a ring, despite the fact that the Lakers are favorited. So good luck to the Heat and good luck to the Heat fans. Um, Shout out to y'all, man. I, I was wrong about the Dark Horse thing, and I wish I was right, but I'll admit I was wrong about y'all. 
from the beginning. So, shout out to y'all. As far as the Western Conference goes, once again, the Lakers, LeBron, you guys did exactly what you were supposed to do, and you beat the Nuggets. Um, this is has this has to have been um, outside of maybe 2015 in the East. This has to have been LeBron's easiest his his one of his easiest playoff runs um, on paper. Not only has he been able to take a backseat role in pretty much all of it, he's also been able to dominate whenever he wants to, and we saw that in the final elimination game in Game Five against the Nuggets. Um, like I said, and like I love to say, like the firepower was there for the Lakers and the Nuggets. I don't know if it was a, they, even though like they were, they were in it in a lot of games and, and they, they kept it close and they kept these games interesting and it, the series like bearable to watch. Um, you know, they, they, the Lakers just have the, the, the spirit of the Mamba in them and they, they, they took it all the way and and finished it up in five. But I consider this an accomplishment for the Nuggets and Mike Malone. Um, you know, if if it's just a fluke because it's in the bubble, it shows that Jamal Murray isn't actually what we thought he was, and it shows that Jokic has pr- improved a lot as, I think, um, as an overall player. And he's shown at a national stage that he can be considered a superstar one day same thing same goes for jamal murray um hopefully i'm hoping that this isn't a fluke because it's a bubble but they played really good games and they they didn't stop fighting and also on the other hand guys like jeremy grant and and gary hill gary gary hill gary harris also gave really good minutes um down the stretch and they they caused a it was a it was a five game series but it was a tough five games for the for the Lakers that involved a lot of um, crunch time games and LeBron playing, LeBron and AD playing for over 35 minutes in multiple games and a 80 game winner. So it wasn't an easy five games by any stretch. So shout out to the Nuggets for <laughs> making it hard for them and almost scaring people a little bit. Lakers fans, Lakers fans, and especially. Um, looking at that 3-1 lead that they had prior to going into Game 5s. Um, but the Lakers are going to be the Lakers. And I don't I don't feel like I, I need to dwell on this one. But yeah, the Lakers are better than the Nuggets. They were better going in. And it, it shouldn't be a surprise that they, they came out with the, the Game 5 victory. Shout out to the Lakers. Finals bound. You guys have been going through it all the past... 10 years from Kobe's death, from, I guess, Kobe's Achilles injury to his retirement, watching Kobe literally decline into a very, very poor player to his retirement, to his last game, to just years of terrible contracts, terrible leadership, terrible coaching, terrible records, you know, having guys on your team like Robert Sacre, like uh, Nick Young, signing super huge contracts for players like Luau Dang and Timothy Mozgov. You guys have been through it. And and if you've made it this far as a Lakers fan, I'm sure you're happy to see AD and just the potential future you have with him 
and LeBron and the last few years that you have with him, you can enjoy the greatest player of all time on your team. Um, like the future is bright for you guys, and it seems like your favorites um, to win a ring, and that's basically my prediction and a lot of people's predictions. So, shout out to the Lakers, man. They they turned it around. Palinka and, and and all of them. They they really made it something watchable after almost eight years of just unbearable basketball. As far as my prediction goes for the finals, I do believe the Lakers will be able to finish it off in six games. Now let me explain. Role players like Caruso and Dwight Howard are really stepping up for the Lakers and role players for the Heat like Tyler Hero and and um, Duncan Robinson are really stepping up as shooters and as individual scorers. So it's almost like we're getting ready for a very, very interesting collision between really good teams that are on an uptick. And with all this being considered, the Lakers, like what I said, like the argument that I was making for the Celtics in, in the last episode, the Lakers haven't had much of a challenge in the West. And their fact, the, the fact of the matter is they haven't really played a defensively potent team such as the Heat. Let's think about this. The Blazers are a terrible defensive team in the front court and the back court. The, the Rockets are def- a terrible defensive team on the front court that they that a front court that is ter- terribly undersized and a back court that has really no interest in playing defense the nuggets have a decent defensive team they played really good zone defense from time to time that that got the lakers pretty lost especially in the game that they they let go but they are not built to play defense the heat however are built to play defense they are built to guard wings they are built to to silence wings, and um, if Iguodala, you know, happens to to wake up from his slumber, uh, like he did in Game Six, and sort of gives more valuable minutes on the offensive and defensive end, and if Jay Crowder can can play defense as well, I can see um, I could see LeBron James having a hard time with that. Now, I also forgot to mention the guy Bam Adebayo, who's also representing Miami's front court, and the fact that he's the best defensive center that the Lakers have to face in the playoffs thus far. I can see Bam giving AD a hard time when AD wants to dribble around and act like a point guard, but, and this is like what what will make a difference between them winning two or three games from them making it a six-game series to a seven-game series where quote-unquote anything can happen. But the Heat really have to, it's really about the Heat defending. And it's, on the other hand, it's about the Lakers making do of um, the mistakes that the Heat make, which from a turnover standpoint and from a defensive standpoint, with everything all together, I'm just going to have a hard time making a case um, sort of against the Lakers and for the Heat in this finals series. It's hard to bet against a guy like LeBron James. It's hard to bet against one of the best offenses in the league. So 
with that being said, I do believe the Lakers will be able to take it in, in six games. Um, the Heat will be able to edge it out in two, but but I'm glad the Lakers have at least their best challenge in the finals. Um, it has been an easy West run for LeBron and AD um, as far as everything goes in terms of series counts and, and everything. And it has been a relatively easy run for the for the Heat as well. And now they're facing both their best challenges all throughout the playoffs. So that's certainly exciting. And it's it's going to be exciting to see how Eric Spolstra handles um, LeBron and how he he'll handle and defend AD and figure out how when Bam's not on the court or if Bam happens to get in foul trouble, um, what will happen if if you know things fall apart for the Heat and how they they put everything together. I also want to see Tyler Hero just go off and do a lot of what he did in Game Four against the Celtics. Because that, like, I would want to see that again. I want to see that for the rest of his career. But, yeah, man, I'm excited for the finals. I'm excited for everything uh, moving forward for for the NBA. And I'm also just excited for the offseason and how Adam Silver plans to figure out how we're going to transition into the next season. But this is a short podcast, so I'm going to keep it brief. I promise that I failed to make in the last episode. Um, I'm sorry for keeping it brief. I'm sorry for like not t- touching on a lot of topics that I know are going on to the day that I that I post this, which um, should be the 30th of September. But I just want to make sure those those things really play out. I want to see how everything plays out before I really cover these things. But I will talk about them on the podcast, and I may I'll talk about a little bit of politics, NFL, and and more NBA. in the the next episode which is coming soon but yeah that is the podcast for today thank you for tuning in um please follow subscribe rate leave a comment on apple music um on spotify wherever you're listening this on um you know spread spread the word through word of mouth do all that and yeah i'm sorry if i was like a little all over the place if i had like a little lack of energy but i'm trying to keep up with it i i promised to finish what i started i like finishing what i started and yeah it's been a fun ride in the nba um in the bubble and excited to see where it goes so thanks for listening and i'll catch y'all later